Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. A couple of months ago, um, we were on holiday in New Zealand. We ducked over for a week. Um, the Bennell family were over there at the time as well. And so we found ourselves in Queenstown. Who's been to Queenstown? All right, it's the adventurous, adventurous capital of the world. If you've done anything free fall, if you've done skydiving, if you've done bungee jumping, um, if you've done anything like that, just put your hand up where you've just leapt off a platform or a plane. Okay, a couple of brave people right in this room. Well, we did this thing where we did the shot over canyon swing. It's a, hundred, it's a platform suspended over the shot over canyon and it's 100 metres high, vertical, 100 metres. And you get, you get a rope attached to a, um, a harness and then you, you swing down. You jump off a platform and you swing down. Four seconds of free fall. That is a very long four seconds. Very long. And you're just thinking, is this rope going to hold me? Um, So we got some photos there to prove it, because I'm not going to lie. I'm up on the the Lord's platform. not going to lie. I did uh, do the swing. Um, So you get to pick what you do. So there's Lockie Bunnell there. He rode this little tricycle off um, the side. Kate and Bella did a tandem jump, tandem swing. Then on the next slide, you'll see Phoebe and I did a tandem. And then I did a second one as well. Phoebe did a second one too, um, where I'm just about to take a handstand position over there. So anyway, um, we did it twice. Um, Because the second jump, you get half price. And I am a sucker for a bargain. (laughs) I think we're still paying the credit card off on that one. It's... uh, Yeah, it was pretty expensive, but good fun, really good fun. When I think about courage and when I think about the Christian life, I can't think of any other life that requires so much courage. Like I think of other religions, I think of just the status quo of no religion or or whatever it might be, and I, I think that Christianity demands this level of courage at a lot of different points. You think about your walk with God. You think about if you're not a Christian this morning and you're wondering about whether to take that step and accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, probably the barrier there is a bit of courage required. And you think about if you're a Christian and you've given your life to God, think about the courage required to actually go, you know what, I'm going to give my life to God. And if someone's ever prayed for you and they've said, can I lay my hands on you and pray that the Holy Spirit comes into your life, that's a weird sentence if you don't know what that's like. And so the whole, the whole Christian walk has these moments of courage where it's kind of like jumping off a ledge into free fall. You don't know what that's going to feel like. You don't know if it's going to be scary. You don't know if it's going to be exciting. You don't know if that rope's going to hold you. You're putting a fa- your faith in a rope or a parachute or whatever it might be. But the whole Christian experience at certain intervals, demands courage in the believer. The Lord calls us into courage. He doesn't necessarily command it. It's not a thus shall thou whatever be courageous. 
It, it, doesn't, it doesn't require that, but it's an invitation to be courageous. And so some people are naturally courageous because they've had lots of circumstances in life that have built up their courage. Other people are a bit like Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. They just kind of shake and go, oh, da 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 dear, when a bit of wind comes up and changes whatever's comfortable in your life. And so life just really requires us to be courageous as Christians. Some people are listening this morning, hearing me say the word courageous, and that's making you scared. It's like, what's the preacher going to ask me to do with my life this morning? Where is he going to um, force me to, to be brave in my life? I'm not going to force anyone to be courageous this morning. I'm going to invite. I'm going to encourage that you find some courage in God this morning. Yeah, Um, here's what my Bible says about courage. And the word courage, there's not really a Greek translation for the word courage. Now, when we talk about the Bible and translating, it was originally written in Greek. And so we sometimes get greater meaning from the passages that we read in the Bible by looking at the Greek words. Well, there's no Greek word specifically for courage, but there is a Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word is hazak, H-A-Z-A-Q. And that means to show oneself strong. Not to be strong, not to feel strong, but to show oneself strong. If you were to translate it into current vernacular, you would say, fake it till you make it. That's what it means. It means that you don't have to feel courageous to be courageous. In fact, my, uh, my Bible dictionary, sorry, the, 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 other, the, uh, the other definition for that Hebrew word hazak is not to be strong, but to actually look like it, to grin and bear it. It is a natural thought of victory, to think about that way, not to feel like you've got it all together, not to feel brave as such, although that's lovely to feel brave, to be brave, but you don't need to feel brave to be brave. Have I lost you yet? No. You just have to think bravery. You have to think to be courageous. And so it's not so much a character trait. Now, someone might say that you, they're, they're courageous or you might be labelled as courageous. But courage is kind of like self-discipline. No one is really born self-disciplined. Like some people more than others, but if you're a parent or if you think back to your childhood, you were never, doing, you were never cleaning your room before your parents asked you to clean your room. You didn't have that amount of discipline. No one does. No? Show of hands. Who was cleaning their room before? Oh, we got, no, no, we, got, we had someone, ah, oh, hang on, no, I understand him now. No, actually, I need to clean my room this afternoon, actually. <laughs> but we're, we're not born self-disciplined as such. We grow in that. And courage is like that as well. We're not born naturally courageous, some kind of more than others, but we build on that as life goes by. Experiences build Courage, And so it's not a character trait, it's more an attitude, an attitude of courage. And when we think of courageous people, we think about people like Nelson Mandela or Dr. Martin Luther King, people who stood to lose everything just because they were courageous enough to fight for something. And that something 
made them heroic. Any kind of hero in history had to be courageous. That's what is required, a bit of courage to kind of push the norm, a bit of courage to to be different, a bit of courage to invite um, God into our life so that we can utilise his power to build the kingdom of heaven. And so my Bible dictionary talks about courage as this. Courage is a Christian duty. It's a strong word. Courage is a Christian duty, but also a constant possibility for one who places him or herself in the almighty hands of God. It shows itself in patient endurance, moral steadfastness, and spiritual fidelity. They're they're not like exciting words, those last three pieces. Patient endurance, that sounds hard. Moral steadfastness, I've got to be good all the time, do I? Really? Yeah. And spiritual fidelity. Spiritual fidelity, which basically means allowing your Christian walk to be pure and holy and consistent. Oh, that's hard. And it's saying that it's a Christian duty. Well, it's not so much a, if you don't do this, you will be punished. No, not being courageous is not a sin. Or let me rephrase that. Being fearful is not sinful. Can I just be very clear there? So if you're freaking out because I'm using the word courageous, because you're naturally a fearful person or you're suffering from anxiety, that's okay. That's not a sin. I want to be very clear with that this morning. We all have different levels and different um, areas of our life that we're courageous in. But if you're not feeling courageous this morning, that's totally okay. Because the Bible doesn't command us to be courageous. The Bible invites us to be courageous. It's something that, um, it's, it's a caveat on stepping into God's plan for our life. If you read Deuteronomy, if you read Joshua, and we'll get to that in a moment this morning, there's a lot, of, a lot of dialogue where the Lord or senior leaders like Moses or Joshua say, fear not, be strong and courageous. So it just means, hey, if you want to live a great life, if you want to live a powerful life, if you want to live the life that God has planned for you, it's going to take a bit of courage. But the thing is, when we serve Jesus, Jesus, by dying on the cross, has given us grace and he is very patient. And so he knows that we are fallen human beings and we will get it wrong as we go along. And so God gives us patience to just figure our way out. And sometimes we might get to the ledge of that bungee jump, metaphorically speaking, and we might be ready to go and we might chicken out. And that's totally okay But keep pushing courage. Keep pushing courage in your life so that when the opportunities come, we actually get better at being courageous. Who's scared right now about what I'm going to say? No? We're all good? Okay, cool. All right, fine. It's a quiet room this morning. I reckon we could all do with a little more courage. Yeah, I think that there's something in every one of our lives where we go, "Mm, yeah, I could do a bit better there. And not so much just being totally brave, but employing a bit of self-discipline, being courageous enough to tell 
your spouse about a sin in your life or being courageous enough to change the way you live, your schedule, so that you can fit more time with God into your day. Whatever it might be, there's an opportunity for employing a bit of courage in your life. Um, I have a, a, a really good friend. Um, he's Indian. I met him about 18 years ago. And um, by meeting him, I got to know his father. His father uh, is a bishop in, uh, in uh, the Pentecostal church in India. And you can see behind, there's, uh, there's me and my friend Sam and his father next to him and a, a random white dude uh, on the wing there. And, um, no, and, the, and so we are at Bishop Peter's church right there. That's not his church. That's his new church building. Let me tell you about Bishop Peter. Bishop Peter at 17 found God. He accepted Jesus into his life. Bishop Peter was a Hindu, and so his name wasn't Bishop Peter at that time. His name was, I don't know what it was. Actually, actually I've never asked him. I should. No, I should, uh, I should ask him. But he went back to his family, told them, I become a Christian. His family said, if you stay a Christian, you can't stay in this family. He hasn't seen his family for almost 40 years because he chose Jesus and that's the price. The other thing too is that they threatened violence. If you come back into our family, we're going to hurt you. And that's a common thing that happens in other countries in the world, in Hindu countries, in Muslim countries. It just, it's, it's normal. Um, it's not right, but it's normal. It just happens a lot. And so Bishop Peter at 17 got the call of God on his life. He accepted Christ. He allowed the Holy Spirit to come over him and he joined the ministry. And when I met him 18 years ago, he had a church of 600 people and he was really proud of that. And, and it was a great thriving church, 600 people. And so I've, I've seen him a few times. He's come to Australia and we've spent time together whenever um, I've been to India. I've spent time with him in, in his city. And, um, and his church now has 2,500 people from 600. So in the time that I've known him, it's grown threefold. And so we are standing in front of, that's not a Wilson car park, that's not a, a stadium that they're building, it's the size of a stadium, but they want to hold a three, well, they want to build a 3,000 seat auditorium. Here's the maths of where they're at in India. They're in a town called Vishakapatnam. Vishakapatnam, no one's ever heard of, but it's a city of 7 million people. Now in India, the, the Christian population is 3%. So 3% of 7 million people is 210,000. I got the Casio out uh, last night to work that out. 210,000. That's the maths, yeah? 210,000. So he's got a church of 2,000 people, but he's in the city of 210,000 people. So he's going, we're going to need a bigger auditorium. And so he's building that in faith. Everyone in his congregation are poor Indian people. They earn the same amount of money a day that I spent on a coffee this morning, a couple of dollars. And so he is ministering in faith. He's being courageous because he's seen the work of God in his past and God's been good and faithful. And when he looks to the future, he understands that God's calling him to bigger, better, greater impact for the kingdom. And so he's just powering on courageously. But it's not courageous to him because it's normal. Wouldn't it be great that your courageous decision one day becomes your normal in the future? 
That's not courageous at all. It was courageous back then, but if you make a decision today to follow Christ or to hand that sin over to him or to hand that decision or plan over to him courageously, what if that just became normal in time, gone, in time to come? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. If you read that in the King James Version, self-discipline also means sound mind. Self-discipline, sound mind. It's often the same thing. Courage is a choice. Courage is a decision. Courage is what you do to change life. And so 2 Timothy 1, 7 talks about the Spirit of God. So we get the Spirit of God when we receive salvation, when we ask Jesus into our life. He goes, yep, sending the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God lives in us. And we get power and we get love. And it also it just changes us. We get a new mind, it says in Romans. And so we get this new mind of self-discipline, and we get a new mind of sound mind. We start thinking like God. And so Bishop Peter was totally changed by the Spirit of God coming over him. And his life was changed because he was courageous enough to change the direction of his life. And so when we talk about self-discipline and sound mind, we allow God to change our thoughts. And we allow God to change the way we live. And it just becomes normal. If you've ever read the book of Joshua, it starts by, it's a really interesting junction in your Bible. So you'll open your Bible, you'll have the back end of Deuteronomy there, and you get Joshua chapter 1 there. And it's just really interesting, pivotal time in history whereby Moses dies, the great prophet, the one that God honoured arguably the most out of all the, out of all the um, God, God-fearing people in the, te- in the Old Testament and New Testament. Moses was honoured because of the courage, courageous faith that he employed in his life. And so Moses dies and he hands the, the mantle of the leadership of the Israelites over to Joshua. And in, in Joshua 1, it says this from verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. No pleasantries there, just straight into it. Very clear. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea and to the west. If you know anything about geography, that's massive. And those places still exist today. No one will ever be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong 
and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Strong words, but comforting. Really strong. Like, do this. Change the way you live. But I'm going to be with you. Don't worry. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And the, the Lord promises that. And so when we, when we look at courage, when we look about employing courage in our life, there's three requirements that we need to do, that we need to respond with to ensure that courage um, is prevalent in our life. And that is commitment or conviction. So hearing these words and going, yeah, you know what? I believe that. I believe that Jesus won't ever leave me or forsake me. I'm in. And so that requires the realisation, the conviction and the commitment, the decision to go, yep, I'm actually going to believe that and I'm going to follow that. It also requires consistency in our life and it also requires closeness with God. So let's unpack this verse. Courage requires commitment and conviction. So Joshua grew up under Moses' leadership and he saw what Mo- where Moses was leading the people. He had that conviction because Moses lived that out and he, Moses passes that, that vision on to him. And so Joshua grabs that and he takes it. And so we see in verses 2, 3 and 4 that he, he receives that conviction. And so once you get that conviction, be assured that if God is leading you into something, he's going to lead you through it as well. He's not going to lead you into a barrage of criticism or a really hard season in life without leading you through it. Don't misquote me on that because he might lead you into hardship. He might lead you into part of life that does get more hard. There's a bit of pressure and that's okay. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to bring you through that. So there's conviction and commitment right there. Courage requires consistency. Verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the left or the right. Do not turn from it means be consistent. So read the scriptures, pray, be in church, talk to fellow Christians. Talk about what God's teaching you. Talk about what's on your heart. Give them your ideas of what, where God's leading you and see how people will, will help you through that. See how God will help you through that. Maintain your consistency there. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men or women of courage and be strong. Be strong, be consistent. And the third thing, stay close to God. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. You know, in Acts 23, Paul's in jail. Acts 23, 11, Paul is in jail after arguing with religious people. And it says, that night the Lord stood beside Paul in jail. Jail's meant to be the most lonely place on earth. That's the whole point of it. Let's get this criminal out of society, lock him up in jail. But the scriptures say that Jesus stood beside Paul and said, don't worry, I'm going to get you out. Just as you have told others about me in Jerusalem, you must also tell me about Rome. He's expanding the vision that Paul was running with 
whilst he was condensed in prison. And so today, you, you might feel like life is condensed right now. You might have had a conviction or a commitment to God to say, you know what, this is what I want to do in my life, God. Or thank you, God, for telling me what to do with my life. But I'm feeling restricted. And those restrictions might be circumstantial. Those restrictions might be something that you've put on yourself. And that's totally okay. But God invites us to be strong and courageous. God invites us into this life of giving it over to Him. And whatever that might be this morning, whatever you prayed about at the start um, of my message, whatever you handed over to God, really hold on to it and just really allow God to use it. I don't know what that might be. That might be accepting Jesus into your heart today. That's going to take a bit of courage. It might feel like a free fall moment where you take the Spirit of God inside your heart. You don't know how you're going to change. You don't know what that's going to look like. You don't know what Monday will bring. You don't know. Maybe it might be being more intentional in your marriage. Oh, that might take a bit of courage to change some behaviours. But it's going to be good. What about that sin that you're struggling with? Bible says confess it to one another are you going to be courageous enough to hand it over to someone who's godly and wise and they can help you through it to hand it over to God and confess that sin what about telling Satan to get his hands off your life what about telling Satan to to get to get out or to get their hands off an, an unsaved family member what about that what about being courageous enough to go to war with him that's scary What about being courageous enough to pray for a miracle, to hear about a doctor's report that's not what you want to hear and going, you know what? Thank you for good doctors, but I'm going to believe that God is going to heal. I'm going to believe that God is going to wipe that MRI free so that a doctor's going to look at it and go, oh, I've got no answer for that, but that must be a miracle. Are we courageous enough to believe that in our life? We're courageous enough to stand up and sing Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. Are we courageous enough to hand it over to God and go, you know what, God, have your way with it. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.